Look, I believe that self-sabotage is one of the biggest killers in, in um, helping people reach their full potential. It really prevents people reaching the full potential. It really prevents people having success in the areas that they want success in because of these factors. They do tend to have no consistency and they prevent themselves from growth through what they're telling themselves. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. My guest today is Trish Marks. And whilst we're going to talk about getting over self-sabotage, something that we all are guilty of at some time or other, or more than one time within our lives and careers, um, and Trish is a, a specialist in that, she uh, links it to how her self-sabotage tendencies were getting in the way of her recovering from cancer. Uh, it's a it's a really compelling and moving story and how her lessons and discovery, what she went through to get over self-sabotage to then recover fully from cancer has then uh, fueled her to help others in getting over self-sabotage, mainly in the world of business. So into my conversation now with Trish Marks. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today we've got Trish Mark. She's a coach, specializes in helping people to get over self-sabotage and has got a really powerful and moving story to about her own journey of recognizing how her own thinking was getting in the way of a recovery from cancer. Trish, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Thank you, Gavin. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. So let's just dive straight into your own journey and story, recognizing how your thinking was holding back, not only you in your life, but most importantly, your your recovery and your, your, your health from cancer. Yeah, look, it was uh, late 2017 and um, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so it was a it was a big time of change, obviously, for me. There was no real certainty about what uh, could happen or what would happen. and. Um, during that, uh, at the beginning when I was diagnosed, I really wanted to take control of the situation. So I'd done that by suppressing all my emotions. I was very stoic and I just took step after step and suppressed all my emotions. However, as time went on, I, you know, I was just simply shut down really because all the fears and all the emotions just imploded in my mind and um, they left me drained. And really what happened was that I started then on this cycle because I give in to the fear, um, I started on this cycle of reactionary thoughts that were really, really destructive. And they actually, they talked me into not wanting to do anything but hide. So my world became really, really small. And um, I sort of entrapped myself in this this cycle of thinking and, and this little cage. Can you give an example of what, what sort of thoughts that you would be having that would get you to that point of being trapped in a little cage? Well, 
the fear of not uh, knowing if um, the cancer was all out of my body, sure. the fear sure. of um, the darkness and the loneliness I felt was uh, what I was going through, uh, thinking nobody would understand. And also, the, the, which is really interesting, I had this blame. I was blaming myself for not uh, being um, able to get up and get on with it as quickly as I thought I should have. And then also feeling guilty about not feeling grateful that I was lucky enough to be alive. And uh, that was a big guilt that I carried. I, uh, and so those were the kind of fears that, that I felt I didn't want to face those feelings. So it was easier for me to hide and, and not want to do anything. Okay. So that I wouldn't have to feel those negative feelings. Right. You know, and, and so I did. I, I hid for um I hid for a good eighteen months. Uh and then, you know, one day it was just something my husband said to me. And um I just realized in that moment that that gosh, what am I doing to myself? I've become a shell of the person that I was. Mm-hmm. And what am I doing to myself? I thought, I matter so much to that man. And I thought, I have just stopped mattering to myself. Wow, what a realization. Hey, and I mean, we need to matter. It's essential for our very existence. We need to understand that we all matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... um. It was just, you know. And that, that was a wake-up call for you. Big wake-up call. And, and, and that little flame inside of me that always wanted to help people sort of became bigger. It was ignited again. But I knew Gavin. Before I could do that, I had to do one thing, and that was just to get out of my own way mm-hmm. because I was in my own way of healing. I was in my own way of making change. It was, yeah, it was just a, a really. Um, so you were high. What were the things you were doing that were sort of getting in your own way? So you were, you were kind of hiding away. You were, you were overcome by fears and guilt. So how else were you getting in your own way? Well, um, this is interesting. I noticed that I was uh, absorbing the feelings of fear. Um, I wasn't um, facing it. I was, I was feeling it. And so every day um, I would just be the dominant feeling would create the behavior of the day. So if I woke up and I said to myself, I feel awful, then I would never look any further than feeling awful. Okay. I would get stuck in that cycle of feeling awful. So I had to start um, – just the very basics, I had to start um, changing where I, this may strange may sound strange, but where I looked in the morning because I was very kinesthetic. And so I would, and kinesthetic means you're a very feeling person. So when you're feeling uh, in, in all my training through NLP, I learned that it was, you know, looking down. Mm-hmm. So I would always have my head down. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, and I knew that if you changed your body, uh, your physiology, you Absolutely. could change your state a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I had to change my state. I had to start there. 
I had to start just looking up. If I could look up, then I could start at least get some success in my day. Um, so I started doing little things like that, setting myself little challenges to um, create little successes. And if I went for an hour just looking up with heart, talking and telling myself that I felt awful and that I was no good because I didn't feel grateful and that I could quieten that narrative till I would get a, 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 and not be so irrational in my thinking, that I could get a, a moment of calmness to say, well, look at it this way. But I couldn't do that until I, I realized what I was doing to myself. I couldn't manage those emotions. So you started to get out of your own way, making a simple change, such as literally changing your, your, your physiology, literally lifting your head and looking up, uh, yeah. raises, you know, changes your state, doesn't it? Changes your state, and that eventually changes your behaviour. And what else did you do to get out of your own way? And so uh, first, and then I started journaling, obviously. I started journaling. And um, and. Before, or while I was in that uh, small world, I, I couldn't pick up a book. I couldn't uh, do anything. I, I really, there was no interest. Um, I was just full of apathy, you know. Why bother? You're not going to feel good anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. So I started to um, notice what, uh, more so what I was saying to myself and um, what emotion it was leading to. And then where that behavior, what behavior was resulted in that emotion. And I thought, there's something, I've I've just got to start practicing this. And then I realized that um, we do this all the time. Yeah. You know, and I listened to, and I thought, I, if you, most of the people that I knew, you know, just in their language when they were talking to you, they were coming down. you know, they were, they were living the pain uh, in, in terms of they were talking about how awful it was and how awful, you know, you must feel. And I thought, I don't need that. I don't need people to tell me that because you're reinforcing what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I need to, you know, not hear that because I'm hearing it loud enough myself. So then I started to, um, you know, set myself challenges, which built the trust in myself again that I could achieve something because previously I couldn't have a cognitive thought that would take me from A to B to complete a task. But now I was starting to do that. So the trust, uh, I'm starting to build a little bit of trust in myself. Just getting a little bit of certainty in my day. So I thought, okay, I'm getting, this is what I have to do. So I knew that I had to, the key was to start and understand my emotions. And uh, to be able to learn from them because you can't, uh, I really thought I need to feel them. I need to be brave enough to feel them to find out what I've got within me. For sure. Yeah. And that was the first, um, you know, I thought, yeah, that's that I have to do this. Um, Whereas before I just hid. So I knew that, okay, you need to learn about these. It's the only way um, you can manage something is understand it. Absolutely. And the journaling that you did gave you that awareness, didn't it, to start that journey of understanding and then yes. being able to correct it, correct your yes. thinking. Yes, yes, yes. 
Oh, journaling is so um, uh, so important, and it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we don't think how much uh, writing something down can, because uh, it's getting it out of your head. Yeah, yeah. And then you can start to see the patterns, because when it's all in there, it's it's all in there. It's loud, and uh, yeah, it had to be more visual. Are you tired of the instability of your business? Do you want to stop cash flow challenges, achieve stability in profit, and build a business that you could sell? Do you want to introduce strategies that provide certainty of income, reinvigorate you and your team so that you put an end to plateauing and get your business thriving again? In every sector, in every country, in every state of the economy, there are always businesses that book the trend and outperform the market. It is possible to turn your business around and grow the profitability, reach and impact of your business and put your business back on course for a worthy exit or rewarding future. In my new book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I show you how. I wrote this book for business owners who are putting so much into their business at the expense of time with their family and on their health and who are not getting the results that they desire. I have brought 25 years of experience working in businesses large and small and combining the disciplines of business strategy with mindset with scaling a business to bring you a proven way to scale your business with certainty. To grab your free copy of Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, go to www.surviveandthrive.cc. I'll cover the cost of the book. You just cover the cost of shipping and handling. So head over to surviveandthrive.cc to get your free copy of the book. So you got stuff written down. You got it out of your head. You could see, you started the process of awareness. And what then did you do to help shift your thinking helped shift the way you were feeling? Well, because I had uh, previously had run my own coaching business and been trained in NLP, I started to use uh, NLP techniques in my, on myself Great. And, and started to self-coach a little bit. Mm-hmm. However, I couldn't do it all on my own, so I did have to get help. Yeah. Um, because I've, um, sometimes when we get on that cycle, of, of, of destructive thoughts, um, we move forward a little bit. We have a little success. However, I noticed that I would have a little success and, um, and then I would uh, immediately have a train of thought that would diminish that success. Okay. And, um, and then so there would be no consistency in my little successes. They were there, but they were random. And, uh, and I thought, uh, you know, I'll, I'll obviously I need help here to get, to get myself from A to B and on to C. And, um, and I, when I thought about it, I thought uh, and some of my previous clients would come to me and they would, uh, they would always say that they felt that there was something holding them back. They knew they had potential, but there was something holding them back, uh, an invisible force or something. And um, when we looked at some of their success, um, they would be quite random. There would be no consistency in them. So it never gave them the opportunity to build um, a level of confidence and trust in themselves that they could achieve success uh, because of the narrative. Yep. 
the self-sabotage. Yeah. And it was just like light bulb, little ha-ha moments. And, um, and I knew, to, uh, Gammon, when I, when I was diagnosed and I went through it, I thought to myself, there's a learning in this for you. There has to be a learning in this for you, you know. And um, I knew that I would find the learning somewhere. Uh, I couldn't look for it too much because I just was, you know, nearly uh, numb with the, the feelings, you know. I wanted to numb the feelings. But I knew as time went on, I'd start to uncover the learnings. And as you look and, back and now, what are the yeah. learnings that you've uncovered? Well, look, I, I believe that self-sabotage um, is one of the biggest killers in, in um, helping people reach their full potential. Yeah, It really prevents people reaching their full potential. It really prevents people having success in, uh, in the areas that they want success in because of these factors. They do tend to have no consistency and they prevent themselves from growth through what they're telling themselves. And why do you think that is? That, is it the case of um, the subconscious trying to keep somebody safe, not wanting to push well, them too know, far? Yeah, the, the, like that's the, the purpose of the, the, the brain is to protect you. It wouldn't consciously sabotage yourself. But what happens is if we have limiting beliefs that we haven't actually addressed, they're going to be in there in your mind. And um, they're going to pop into your head a lot whenever you're uh, feeling tired, whenever you're feeling um, – when, because when you're starting a business or you're in a business, you're stepping outside your comfort zone. Stepping outside your comfort zone can mean danger mm-hmm. in some places. So that's why the voices start. And if you're not um, – if you have an unhealthy relationship with uncertainty and being out of your comfort zone, this is when the self-sabotage can be rampant. The voices get louder, the narrative will get louder, and it'll talk you out of um, what you want to achieve, and it will actually um, justify why you believe you can't do something. So what have you found works really well to stop you stop that negative train of thought in its tracks? Well, um, I, th- there's a little exercise that, that, they used to, that I used to do, and it was um, when a fear came up, and, and there's really only the three universal fears that we have in, in the world, and that's the fear of not being loved, the fear of not being good enough, and the fear of not belonging. Mm-hmm but they will manifest themselves in different ways. So if the fear of not belonging um, or not being good enough, it'll turn, it'll turn up as, um, you know, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, so um, what I started to do was to help me learn more about my fears and, um, my train of thought with them, I write down a fear. Okay, this is what I'm really scared of. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling guilty about this. So what's the positive in that for me? Well, it's making me aware of this. And then I'd say, well, what am I saying to myself about that? 
So I would write the positive. I think of the fear and I think, well, what am I saying to myself? And then what am I doing? So then I would write the positive and I'd say, well, what can I do about that to support that positive impact? And then what can I say to myself? So that's where some of the affirmation work came in. It's um, finding the affirmation that supports what you're doing and um, supports and, and then the doing then will support the positive learning that you got from the fear. So it was really teaching myself really to shift how I behaved as a result of an emotion. Right. What it led me to, what, what, what was the state I got into. Yeah. And then as a result of that state, what did I find myself doing? That's not serving me or it is serving me, then I'll keep it. If it's not serving me, then I needed to find the, the flip it, flip it. Yeah. You know, you have to just flip it. There's always two sides to the coin. So if this side's not working, you flip the other side and see how that works for you. So you were correcting your thought process. You were sort of catching yourself in the moment and replacing the disempowering thoughts with something that was much more empowering. And then the other thing you did was set yourself small little challenges to prove to yourself that actually you, you were good enough that you could achieve something that you were capable. Yes, because what I found um, uh, previously in clients is that when someone, a client came to me and, and um, they felt that they couldn't achieve something uh, because boiled down to they just weren't feeling confident enough that they could do it. Uh, when we looked at an area in their life that they were confident, uh, what I noticed was present was a high level of self-trust. Self-trust and, uh, in someone comes across a certain day and confidence and they know what they're doing. But if someone, um, on the other side of that, if someone, we looked at an area in their life where their confidence was low, you could be sure that their level of self-trust in themselves was very low. And when the level of self-trust in themselves was low, then the narrative became louder. So, um, and you prevented yourself from taking any action. So I knew that I had to build that self-trust in myself again because the anxiety had stripped away the, the confidence um, uh, in myself. It was just stripped away. So I had to start building it again. And um, I didn't trust the world um, uh, because uh, the world had just swiped my life round and round and, and I just I didn't trust anything anymore because I, I, it was too, there was too much unknown around for me to be able to trust. It was easier for me to hide yeah, and then I wouldn't have to deal with anything. But I knew uh, that was just something that wasn't going to leave my life fulfilled. It wasn't. I love that observation that where confidence is low, self-trust is low. So you remedy that by setting yourself a small task to do in order to be able to demonstrate that you can accomplish things so your self-trust starts to increase and your confidence starts to increase. Yes. Once you start trusting yourself again, um, it really um, 
then you start backing yourself. Because when there's no trust there, you, you don't have the confidence to step outside your, um, your comfort zone. You like to keep it all safe. I mean, it's, as humans, we, we want to be safe. That's, that's one of our objectives is to be really safe. But we need to learn to grow. And I, and I had to get out of that cycle of small thinking again that um, had been my world for 18 months and uh, had started to become a habit and could become a habit very easily if we don't address it. And then they become unconscious habits. And, um, yeah, you just become unconsciously competent and being, uh, you know, self-sabotaging. <laughs> and that's yeah. just not yeah. the way. It's, it's too much. It prevents you from living your life. Like I, I realized that, um, you know, I thought, I looked at it and I thought, I'm living my life by default here, not design. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I can't do that. I, I moved away from Ireland, uh, uh, you know, to change my world, and um, you know, I would strive to to create change. Uh, I always look for other ways to do things as a coach, and um, yeah, I, uh, I needed that space to, you know, restructure the thinking again and to come out stronger to find that uh, that strength within me uh, but it's not a place that you would recommend anybody stay in very long and so you see self-sabotage showing up a lot with your sort of uh, clients who you coach then you see it absolutely yeah absolutely and then uh, one of the, what, the first things you do then to help them is to actually help build their self-trust Yes, I think that's um, getting to know themselves. Obviously, I have um, uh, emotional tools that I, I help that, you know, get them to complete. And um, we, through that emotional intelligence quotient, you're able to uh, identify how, you know, yourself, um, yourself, how you manage yourself, how you recognize, and you know, your level of awareness and that. And um, the social aspect of it as well. However, um, I do get them to be very clear on their values, what is important to them, and how does it show up on their world every day. And then they'll start to notice little patterns about how um, when it does show up, when they're very clear on the values um, or they're even looking to identify them, and um, once they start noticing how it shows up in the world, it does build their trust in themselves a little bit more. Think, okay, I've made those decisions. I backed myself there because I believed it was part of what I stood for. And I get them to connect with what they stand for and what their, you know, it, their beliefs that are serving them. And it's easy to identify then the beliefs that are not serving them from identifying that. So that's where they start. And how do you help them change those beliefs that are not serving them? Well, that's a choice they have to make. You know, we look at what kind of gain, what kind of a 
what they're gaining from having them. What if they didn't have them, really? What would be possible? So, yeah, look, I, I heighten the pain points a little around that. Sure. You have to heighten the pain points a little around that, um, that until they realise what it would cost them a lot more not changing than it would changing. Yeah, fantastic. So <laughs> um, just if anybody wants to find more out about the work that you do, the emotional intelligence quotient tool, or would mm -hmm. like help with dealing with self-sabotage, how can they do that, Trish? Well, look, you can uh, just hop on over to my website, which is uh, www marksconsultancy.com.au we have a, a book in for a five minute chat and uh, or connect with me on LinkedIn I'm on LinkedIn or Facebook fantastic it's been a real pleasure with you and it's, uh, talking with you today and you know some things that really really jumped out for me Trish that self-trust comes across a certainty and confidence and where confidence is low self-trust is low um, you know, are you living your life by default, not design. Um, and if you have an unhealthy relationship with uncertainty, then that's going to trigger fears. Uh, there's some real, really strong insights. And, you know, in your personal story of, well, of your own awareness and how shifting your own thinking and your own narrative really helped put you strongly on the road to recovery. So, Thank you for sharing your story and your insights with us today, Trish. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact. <laughs>